1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hey guys, welcome to episode five of season two of We Met at Acme. And thank you so much for listening. I love you all. I feel like my voice was just really annoying. So sorry for that. So we have a few things to discuss before getting into it with Tanya Zuckerbrot from the F factor and she tells us some amazing knowledge that we all really need to listen to about relationships and her first marriage and all of that good stuff. You guys wanted me to talk about what happens when one person in a relationship is into social media and the other isn't. Like for example, the other person never posts. Well, I mean that's pretty much my relationship when I first started dating my boyfriend. He was more into social media. I mean, he did stories every every now and then. He posted me a few times. But then he decided that he was going to deactivate his Instagram. Well, not deactivate, but just delete the app. And so he doesn't use it anymore. And as you guys know, I have a million stories a day, and I'm always posting. And I mean, social media is more or less part, like a huge part of my career. So it's a big deal to me. But I think it's been totally fine and pretty easy. Listen, I think if one person, I mean I've been in I've been in situations before actually where I dated someone who kind of like refused to post me on social media and they weren't as active, but it still pissed me off, but now looking back I realize that was more about the person and how they made me feel and less about the fact that they didn't post me on social media if that makes any sense. Um, I think that it can totally work. You can still be in a relationship with someone if you're more into something than they are, especially social media. As long as they don't like yuck your yum and make you feel bad about it. I know that if if I'm on my phone a lot or checking a bunch of stories, I know my partner can get annoyed, um, but he never like shames me for it. And I feel like, that's really fucked up. I I really don't like when people are holier than thou about not being on social media. Like, oh, you're so cool. You're so against the societal norms or like you're so not addicted to social media and everyone else is. Like, come on. I mean, it's just going to get worse and worse with the next generation. So it's like if you can't beat him, join him. And then if, if you have enough willpower to not join him, that's great, but just don't. Make other people feel bad for not. And I still think that you can be, you know, with someone who doesn't post and you can post a lot. Just make sure that it's not about your relationship and it's more about their actual feelings about social media and usage. So we did this meetup in London last weekend with our London listeners. Shout out to you guys. It was so fun. We all went to Pizza Express, which I'm trashy when it comes to food a lot of the time. And it's definitely a chain restaurant, but it's so delicious. The pizza's really doughy. And they have these things called dough balls, which are literally just balls of dough. And you dip them in garlic butter and they taste fucking phenomenal. So if you're ever in London, definitely hit that up. But we did this meetup. And at the meetup, one girl asked me, I'm in a great relationship, she's 20 years old, but every now and then she thinks about what else is out there. And she was like, you know, should I stay with this person or should I break up with them? And what sucks about this, and I said this to her, is it's not so black and white. Because you can stay in this relationship and you'll always wonder what else is out there. I feel like we'll always wonder that no matter who we're with, there's no such thing as the perfect relationship where no one ever has that thought, what else is out there. But at the same time, you can break up with that person, see what else is out there, and then that person could move on and you'll always regret leaving that person, hurting that person and not being able to see it through with that person. So it's a really tough decision either way. There's no right or wrong answer. But what we concluded as a group when we discussed it is if you're having these thoughts already at 20 about what else is out there, when so many girls and guys are like, oh, I'm the luckiest person ever for having this person. I'm already thinking about a future with them, already thinking about marriage, even though I'm 20 and so young probably you should go um, and explore. And if that person is right for you, then you will find each other again. And there's nothing to worry about in that particular situation. So we did this thing where we talked about the three different types of guys. And the first guy was like the charismatic, hot guy who's not loyal. And the second was like the hot, less charismatic, very loyal person. And then there was the ugly, charismatic person who's loyal because no one will hook up with them. And so many of you asked us what the girl types are. And this was really hard. I actually had to source this question to a bunch of my girlfriends. And I feel like there's no way to not be offensive because, I mean, the guy one was offensive too, So I came up with a few, and I actually really want your input if you can message us on Instagram or email us to tell me what you think about if these are true. What I initially came up with was the three types of girls. The first one is really hot, but crazy slash difficult slash can be disloyal. I'm actually going to pull up my conversation with my friend Fallon, shout out to you if you're listening. And she's very loyal and does listen. So I bet she is. So I said the first type, really hot, but crazy, difficult, can be disloyal. The second, attractive, but boring. And the third, not cute and great personality. Then Fal suggested the first, maybe really hot, but potentially mentally unstable (laughs) or has poor values. The second, attractive, but boring. And the third, not cute and great personality. I don't know, you guys. I, we need your help. So please, please write in to what you think the three types of girls are. I'm trying to think where I fit in there. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, I can be <laughs> unstable, but who knows? And that's what you guys wanted us to talk about this week, so I hope that we covered that. And I just wanted to tell you that we have an incredible show coming up for the New York Comedy Festival. It's November 4th, and it's with Remy Casimir, Ali Colbert, Mark Norman, and Napoleon Emile for incredibly hilarious comedians. And the show is at Chelsea Music Hall. So if you just go to Acme.com slash tour, you will be able to find... All of the information about that. I also wanted to let you know that we have a store where we sell merch and it's pretty, pretty snazzy. I wear the hat and the shirt all the time. It's we met at acmeshop.com. And then I also wanted to remind you about our Patreon, where we release extra episodes and bonus content all the time, and also where you can talk to me one on one. Um, and message me directly so that you don't have to DM me and hope that I see the message. So if you just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash We Met at Acme, you will be able to find that and all the information there. And I think that's it. Oh, we also have a Facebook group. It's called We Met on Facebook parenthesis at Acme. So search it and request to join. You have to be an avid listener to understand the answers to the question to be able to join. And hopefully all of you are. And um, hopefully we can all be in that group together. So without further ado, I want to let you listen to Tanya's episode. It's amazing. And she crushed it. And um, I hope you enjoy Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with creator and founder of the F Factor Diet, Tanya Zuckerbrot. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to chat. I feel like we have a lot to talk about. Let's
1: do it. Let's do it. So Tanya, how old are you and where are you from? I am 47 years old and I'm from New York. You look beyond young, by oh, the way, but I'm sure you. you get that
0: all the time. I feel like you have a baby face.
1: I try and take really good care of my skin. I mm-hmm. think I wish I started skincare earlier on. So I'm playing like catch yeah. up in my forties. Mm-hmm. I wish I was more thoughtful about SPF, but thankfully like with technology now, yeah, um, I've gotten a lot of help. Like I use a lot of lasers that mm-hmm. like boost collagen production. Mm. And um, I finally like slather on the SPF, but thank you. And I guess yeah, also good course. genes, you know, which I attribute to my mom. Definitely. Definitely. And so what is your current relationship status? happily married. Very, very, very happily married. And I say that with great pride because it is my second marriage. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't always say that. So I say it with gratitude. I say it with joy. Um, I just don't take it for granted.
0: Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before we started recording about my situation that led me into why I started the podcast. And then you were telling me a little bit about what dating in your 20s was like. So... Let's get back into that a little bit. So you dated a lot in your 20s and you were saying like no one was ever, you felt like
1: good enough for me, yeah. which is sort of hilarious because I don't know who the hell I thought I was that was so important or perfect. And I just remember saying to a girlfriend once, I'm like, why is it so hard to find a guy that's just like me? And I guess I had like this ridiculous perception of who I was. So Mm. I would date guys who were really smart, but then I didn't think that they were funny enough. And then I'd date guys who were really funny, but then I didn't think they were cool enough. And then I'd date guys who were really cool, but I didn't think they were kind enough. Mm. So- Everyone somehow was just lacking something. And I guess right. I thought I wasn't lacking any of those things. Yeah. I guess I thought I was cool, pretty, and smart. But ultimately, no one's perfect. You know, yeah. I guess I wasn't seeing my own liabilities. But at that age, in your 20s, you just don't feel you have to settle. You have your whole life right. ahead of you. So I wasn't in any rush. And I am a girl who loves my girlfriend so much. I'm close to my families. And I was building my career. So I didn't have an empty life where I felt like I needed to set on any guy to have a you know, fulfilled life. So I was enjoying my life and I just kept looking for the right guy.
0: Right.
1: And then all of a sudden I hit 28 and my mom's Colombian. Mm. And my mom's like, why are you not married? You're like, an, you know, my mom got married like 21 and my sister was married 25. Right. And she started to... I don't think on purpose, but it was like putting pressure on me. Like, where's your life going? You right. know, I was building a factor. I was bartending at night. I was like dating. I mean, you know, it's like, I think she was looking at me like it's sort of time to settle down. And as I went into dating with that in mind, I could not get a second date. And I was a girl who always had boyfriends. Like I would go from one boyfriend to the next. So right. here I was at I guess maybe I was 27, I could not get a second date. But do you think part of that is because of just like an
0: attitude shift? I feel like, and I was actually talking about this with my therapist yesterday. If you're the kind of person who doesn't care about the outcome and you're just dating to like have fun and enjoy yourself, I feel like it be it's so easy for you. And people are like just naturally attracted to that. But if you're going into dating as someone who it it better work out. You know, you're really nervous about the outcome. Like you're really, in a lot of ways, putting your cards on the table. Like I
1: want to settle down vibes. Then I feel like, you know what I mean? Is there something to that? I absolutely think there's something to it. At the time, I couldn't see that. Um, But as you're saying it, I'm nodding my head because when I I used to uh, be a client of William Morris, you Mm -hmm. know, my agency and my agent once said to me, like, we had the opportunity to do something. And he's like, it's not the right fit. And he's like, Tanya, it's the power of the past. Meaning, like, when you're not desperate, it's actually very empowering. Right. So the power of the past means, like, I'm all set. I don't need to grab that deal. I don't need to take everything that's offered to me. The inverse is the energy you must put out there when you are desperate. Right. And I think my mom was really putting a lot of pressure on me to get married. I mean, because I'm Colombian and we a lot of Colombians live in Miami. So my mom was like, you've dated all of New York. I think you need to relocate. I was like, I'm 28, uh-huh. mom. I'm not moving to Miami. But she was like literally scouting apartments for me. Like there are a lot of Colombian Jews in, you know, Miami. That's where we'll move you. So that whole year when I couldn't get a second date if I tried, yeah, I think there was definitely a nervousness about me and probably an energy that guys were like, right. uh ick, no, you know, it's like, no one wants to, it's like, people want to feel appreciated, but no one wants to feel needed. And maybe that's like what I was putting out there. And Um, Did you end up moving to Miami? No, but I ended up getting married sort of quickly because after like all the string of guys that like, I couldn't, like literally I could not get arrested if I tried like looking for a second date. Right. And like I said to you earlier, I felt like that was almost karma that God was trying to teach me a lesson because I was always the one doing all the dumping and nobody was good enough. And then all of a sudden we had this year where I kept getting dumped. And I believe so much in God. And when I'm going through challenging times, I always feel it's God like pre- like preparing me for something or he's using that to teach me a lesson. And it was to appreciate the fact that the way I was treating people wasn't that kind and I didn't, didn't like it when it was happening to me. Mm-hmm. But what ended up happening was that all of a sudden I did get a second date and a third date. And this guy really, really liked me. So you were just like, oh, "Okay, great. He likes me. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. Right. Um, And he's a great guy. And I, it's my ex-husband now. Right. But when I really look back on him, I'm like, that was not the right fit. And how old were you when you? Not, people always say that, like, were you just like either too young or were you like too old? I was like, no, I was 27. Like, I really was like, in my mind, I felt so old that I had to grab the next guy. But looking back, I'm like, no, I had like a, I, didn't need to be that grabby at the time. Right. But it felt good because for a full year no one really liked me. So to have someone that was really interested. Like really felt for me. Yeah. But looking back, you know, I just I feel that we ended up moving forward because I was so relieved to finally have a boyfriend again. Right. And that's
0: not necessarily for the right reason. No.
1: I mean, but he was a good person, but like mm-hmm. we really had so little in common. Mm-hmm. But to me, once again, I felt that if I had such a full life, I didn't need like my husband or boyfriend to complete me. Totally. I was like, you know what? Like he's nice. He has good values. Like that's good enough. And and so many women think like that, I feel like. And I could say this now from experience. Guys, it's not find your best friend. Mm. Like I used to think like, well, I have my best friend from the third grade and I have another 20 other girlfriends who are my best friends. And my sister's my best friend. And my grandma's my best friend. My mom's my best friend. Like my husband doesn't have to be my best friend. He needs to be kind and loving and support me. And that's the kind of relationship I'm looking for. So, around a month before my wedding. And I had a big wedding. You well, know. How,
0: how long had you guys dated before? A year.
1: So we dated a year. Okay. And then we were engaged for a year. So it wasn't some shotgun wedding. I mean... And
0: he was the same age? He or? was a little
1: bit older than me. Okay. But I grew up um, in Great Neck, New York. And so did he. He's a nice Jewish boy. He had a lot of friends. And he was very kind. And he was fun. I mean, it was... He was great. But... A month before my wedding, and as I said, we had a huge wedding, 300 people. Mm. I was that bride, but like, who's going to wear a tiara? Like, the Great Neck, a uh, great My parents' country club, I think, okay. further out east East Long Island. But my father called me to his office, um, and the invitations had gone out. And he, first of all, my father, like, calls me. He's like, come to my office. I'm like, why am I being summoned? Like, that's so scary. <laughs> so scary. I don't care how old you guys are. Like, when your dad yeah. calls you, it's scared. It's like, oh, what'd I do? And he sits me down, and he says… I don't think this is the right guy for you. I'm like, dude, like you couldn't have thought about this right. like a year ago, six months ago. Like the invitations are out. Like my wedding's in a month. What made him so, think that? And I said to him, I was like, why are you saying that to me right now? And hopefully, my ex husband will never hear this podcast. <laughs> but he says he's like, I don't think he's smart enough for you. And I said, what do you mean, Dad? Look how successful he is. And my husband was self made. My dad said. I don't see you guys having the same interest. And I said, like, what? And my dad's like, well, you like going to the theater. You like reading books. You like going to museums. He's like, I don't see you guys sharing those interests. And I said, dad, like, why do we need to share those interests? I was like, like I said, I didn't think he needed to complete me. I was like, if I want to go to the theater, I'll go with my girlfriends. It's up to me to continue to read books and continue to, like, expand my mind. It's not up to him, like, to... Yeah, you know, that we should read books together. And if I want to go to a lecture, I'll go to a lecture. If I want to go to a museum, like, either I'll go by myself or I'll go with my friend. So as I was explaining all these scenarios to him, my father looked at me. He's like, so basically, you're going to be a widow in your marriage. And let that just sink in. Oh, wow. And I couldn't understand it. I got so defensive because when you're in your 20s, anything your parents say, like, you, Especially had, you, when you're you still to have to married. know better. Yeah. I was like, you're ridiculous. And fast forward 13 years later, when I tell my parents we're getting divorced— And I said to my dad, you want to say you told me so? He's like, I don't think I need to say it. I think you know. But that really was the demise of my marriage was that my husband and I, as kind as he was, and he's such a good person, I have nothing disparaging to say about him. We had nothing in common. We didn't have the same taste in music. We didn't have the same taste in movies. We did not share the same sense of humor. Um, I really needed to be with someone who challenged me intellectually. Right. And he just didn't.
0: I'm sure you guys are listening to Tanya and thinking, how do I live a better lifestyle? And how do I radiate the way that someone like Tanya does? I was thinking something similar. So I actually started some research and found Saqqara. It's also called Saqqara Life, but the website is Saqqara.com. And pretty much it's a lifestyle change. Saqqara makes organic, ready-to-eat meals, with plant-based ingredients that make your skin better. They make your mood better. I, I honestly had no idea what to expect when I did my trial week. And I can't even explain to you. First of all, the detox tea is so incredible. You just make a cup of tea in between meals. And instead of snacking, you have this tea. And I can't explain to you, like I woke up, just felt so much better, so much less bloat. And my skin improved. I'd never had plant-based food before. Personally, the breakfast is my favorite. They It's not like you're starving yourself. You're having legitimate food. Like they have donuts and they have a cookie for breakfast. and all these really amazing things. and there's superfoods and everything. And superfoods are great for your skin. They enhance your energy, improve digestion, and you wake up with a flat stomach, I swear to God. So, I mean, this has just been my experience and they also have a sleep tea at night, which is great and probiotics, which are amazing. I just am a huge fan of Sakara, and I want you to be able to enjoy it the way that I did. So we're offering our listeners $60 off your first order, which is huge. You just go to Saqqara.com slash Acme. So dot com slash A-C-M-E and you get $60 off your first order sakara.com slash Acme. You will thank us. So check it out. If you have any questions, shoot me a DM. I'll tell you all about my experience. All right. Back to Tanya. I have to ask because we're super into astrology on the podcast. What is your sign and what was his sign?
1: So my sign is Libra. Oh, me too. Oh, so we're going to get along great. (laughs) And I'm probably like the worst Ex wife, because I don't even know what his sign is. Well, when but, is his birthday? Do you remember? Yes, October 16th or 18th. Oh, then he's a Libra too. Oh, he might have been. Uh-huh. You could see how into the marriage I was. <laughs> <laughs> but my current husband, I know all those details. Um, so yes, I mean, I, and it's funny because Libras are scales. So you're right because I remember discussing this once. Right. That sometimes scales are really balanced or they're off balance. Exactly. And we were the scales that were completely out of balance.
0: Totally. And I actually feel like male Libras are not? And this is controversial. I'm going to get shit for this, but not as smart as female Libras.
1: I'm not going to say that because <laughs> <laughs> he's the father of my children, but my father would probably agree. Mm-hmm. But look, but intelligence comes in many forms. Like right. I don't really have great street smarts. Mm-hmm. I have book smarts and it's only because like I study really hard or I apply myself. Right. So I don't think I'm even that bright, mm. but I think that I'm very curious and I want to be smart. Like, I yeah. think being no, smart is the coolest is thing. I want to learn. Totally. And my husband now could be, like, the smartest person on the planet. It's just, he's so curious about so many things. I joke that by the time, like, I'm, like, rubbing the sleep out of my eyes, he's read, like, three newspapers. Like, he just is so well-informed. Right. And… You know it's interesting. so like i'm I'm sure you have like a younger audience that maybe is dating for the first time, but for anyone who's gotten divorced and then is dating the second time or if you've had a bad breakup, this is something I could speak to with complete passion and conviction and authority because I got divorced after thirteen years and actually has start dating again. right. And when I met my husband or before I met my husband, you know people wanted to set me up when I got divorced. and they were asking me, like, so what are you looking for? And the irony was, I was really open to like meeting someone I hadn't thought of, meaning like I hadn't designed the guy yet. So my response was, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I know what I'm not looking for. Right. And that I knew. I'm like, I knew based on that past relationship, everything that didn't work for me. And that was like such a tremendous learning curve because being married as long as I was and being as unhappy as I was. And I could not have been any less happy. Like, Right. But you had kids together. We and, did. And
0: obviously that is something that's like the best thing. Of
1: course. That came out Everything of it. happens for a reason. Right. And I do not regret my marriage. Mm-hmm. It, it brought me to where I am today. I have three healthy children. My ex-husband and I um, have such an amazing relationship. You right. Know? But those years were very dark for me. When,
0: like what year specifically, meaning like how soon into getting married did you know that you weren't happy because sometimes it's like really soon and you just kind of deal with it. Like I've been, I, I've i been in a relationship where six months in I was miserable and I stayed a year.
1: So I was not the bride that was walking down the aisle, like knowing that it wasn't going to work out. People ask me like, was it that soon? I'm like, no, mm-hmm. but it was pretty soon. But then, you know, as I said, you know, I had friends and family, meaning like my sister, my mom, and I was so close to them in a career. So I was like, Tanya, no one has it all. Like, look how amazing your friendships, look how much you love your work. Most people are not half as passionate as you are about your work. Um, You know, look at the friendships you have since childhood. Like, you have such a full life. So, okay, like you didn't get the perfect marriage, but no one has it all. So I really started to rationalize it. And that's how I stayed as long as I did. And we had children. And, and I really, as I said, he's such a good person. He's kind. He was, he was madly in love with me. It's just, I, we just weren't best friends. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, I, as I said, I could rationalize and as time went on. I, I started to see people who really were in great relationships. And I feel like the people in the best relationships laughed the most. And I just, we just didn't laugh together, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just, I mean, there's more to it than that. But, you know, I have a lot of 20 year old girls who work in my office and we talk about dating and I always say like, find someone who's your best friend, you know, find someone that you want to be with more than anyone in the world. And that's the, that's luckily for me, the relationship I'm in now, but my husband to me makes me laugh more than anyone. He's the smartest person I've ever met. I'm physically attracted to him. It, it was cute. One of my girlfriends, when I first started dating, his name is Anthony, um, and he came. Like we were out having lunch, and he walked into the restaurant, and I was talking like this the way we are, and all of a sudden, like he walks in, I see him, and like I just went like this, and she's like, "You just puffed up." She's uh-huh. like, "I was like, yeah, because that's my man." Like I was so proud to be with him. So mm-hmm. that's the other thing. It's like be with someone that you're proud to be with, right? And um, you know, for me, respect is everything. Yeah, and it's it's I feel this way about women, I feel this way about men. If I don't respect you, it's like I'm such a transparent person with my emotions. It's just that's like a very black and white thing for me. So when I start to like lose respect, like that was the demise of that relationship. Yeah, of course. And it's like contempt. I just think, you know, what makes it work is is respect first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Because when I was thinking about getting divorced, I went to uh to a psychiatrist, I guess, a therapist, a therapist. And, you know, people always said to me, did you guys go to marriage counseling? I'm like, yeah, but very early on. But at the end, I didn't because marriage counseling to me felt like you're going to work with a therapist to figure out how you both can make compromises to make this work. And I didn't want to compromise. You know, one of my favorite sayings is don't settle for mediocrity where greatness can exist. And I knew that in making these compromises, I can hold my marriage together, but I'd be compromising. Right. Like, okay, Tanya, so are you willing to go to Jazz Fest every now and then? Because that's what you like to do. You know, I hate live music. I'm like, I guess. Glenn, are you willing to go see your Broadway show with Tanya? Sure. It's like, but we're we're not living our truths. Like we're doing like these compromises to make the other person happy. And mm-hmm. obviously this seems, that's sort of like small examples, but there are bigger ones that I'll I'll retain privately. But the point was, I just knew at that point, I was like, I don't want to compromise. I want to figure out who I am and what I want. So Mm -hmm. when I was talking to this therapist about me and trying to decide if this was the right sort of next step for me, she said, you know, what are you looking for in a guy? What What are the qualities that would make you really happy? And I said, I want someone really funny because in the darkest times, if someone can make you laugh, like... That's the best. Um, And there's nothing better than laughing. Mm -hmm. You know, I love to laugh more than anything. I mean, it sounds sort of ridiculous. Who doesn't? But I really do. Right. Um, I said, I want someone really smart. I really um, wanted someone who challenged me intellectually. I want to look up to that person. I want to admire them. But I, I wanted to grow from them. And the last one was, I want a winner. And she's like, what does that mean? I'm like, I don't care what he does for a living. He could be a plumber. He could be a professor. He could be in finance. But be that guy. I wanted to be with that guy who people admired in whatever industry he worked in. Right. I don't know. It's like, I guess I saw myself as a winner. I wanted to be with a winner. I wanted to be with someone that when I looked at him, I felt so lucky to be with him. And then the therapist said, you know, I work with a lot of women on the Upper East Side. Like, you didn't mention money. Like, you don't want a guy with money? And my answer was, I'm like, well, if he's funny and he's smart and he's that guy, like, he'll do okay. But money comes and goes and sort of looks. Totally. So like, girls, like, and I say this to Jessica all the time, like he doesn't have to be good looking. If you're attracted to him, that's all that matters. And actually don't go for someone so hot because that means girls will check him out all the time. Like I know. you're better so off. True. Like my husband now, my girlfriend Callie went to meet him like when I was first dating him. And when we left, she's like, he has to fix his bottom teeth. And I said to her, I'm like, no, he doesn't. Like, I don't need him being any better looking than that, you know? I was like, no, like, you don't want someone who's like that drop-dead gorgeous. Like, but you, they need to be beautiful to you that you're attracted to him. But like, you just don't need someone that all your friends think is that hot. Like, when people are like, do you think he's good looking? Like, what do you care? Like, as long as you do.
0: You know,
1: it's like, my mom once said to me, it's a great, great analogy. So, girls, listen up. In every relationship, there's a flower and a gardener. Oh, I know. I know about this one. We've talked about it is. Like, you don't want your guy to be a flower. Yeah. You know, where you walk in and everyone's, like, looking at him and you're the gardener taking care of his needs. Like, right. ladies, you should be the flower. Yeah. You know? Or you, totally. or you both can be flowers and
0: nurture each other. Right. You can but... go back and forth. Exactly. So, okay. So, going back to your newly divorced, everyone's trying to set you up. Yeah. How were you meeting? It was just setups? Or
1: were you ever on a dating app or a dating website? I mean, my story's going to be wildly frustrating to people who have been dating because I literally took my ring off and three weeks later was out to lunch with friends. And my husband was at the table next to me and he saw me. I wasn't paying attention because I was just so fresh out of my relationship. Wasn't thinking about dating at all yet. And he looked at my hand and I wasn't wearing a ring and he didn't know how to approach me. And a friend of mine was in the restaurant and she came over to say hello to me. So I said hello to her. And then when I left the restaurant, my husband now, he pops up and went over to her and said, Who was that? And she's like, That's Tanya Zuckerbrot. And she and he's like, Well, do you know if she's married? And she's like, I think she is, <laughs> because I said it was so fresh. Right. She's like, But my sister-in-law is her best friend. I can find out for you. And that was that. So I didn't go on any apps, but I definitely believe in them. I have so many friends who and you know, girls who work for me who have really successfully used these apps and really met their boyfriends and their husbands for sure so, so I'm all for that so you're now husband yeah what what is your
0: age difference he's 3 years older than me okay so what's his deal like was he married before he was yes we were okay. both
1: married for around the same period of time and um he had just separated 2 months earlier so mm-hmm. i really believe in fate and i agree with you like when you're not looking is when it happens right exactly but you have to put good energy out there. So that's For why sure. I always tell the girls in my office, like you're not going to like fall in love with the guy who's delivering your Chinese food. Like you got to go out. But when you're out yeah. having Chinese with your girlfriend, like have good energy. You know, when yeah, I was- be a- laughing, w- like be your authentic. So when I was in my 20s, you know, I'm attractive, but like, you know, averagely so. And when we would go out with my friends, we always attracted like the greatest guys. And it's because when we got there, we would be laughing so much and mm-hmm. drinking and not caring. And right. guys love that energy. You could be the most gorgeous girl in the world, but if you're at the bar with a scowl on your face, like yeah. no one wants that. Mm-mm. So there's nothing better you can do than just be out looking your best. That's why I say like, make an effort. Like don't go out in your pajamas. I don't care how cute you think you are. Like just make a little bit of an effort. Like mm-hmm. don't settle for mediocrity, <laughs> you know, just be the best you could be. So just put your hair even in a cute ponytail, just put on a little lip gloss, but make the effort. Right. But when you're out, it's the energy you put out. And when I was at the restaurant, Anthony was saying that, he's like, you were just with your friends. He's like, you you know, you, and I was in jean shorts and a ponytail, as I'm saying, like, it wasn't that I was done up at all, but I was put together enough. Um, and I was just laughing so much with my friends. So I, I just, I really believe that, that if you put yourself out there and you have that positive energy, people are just going to be attracted to that. And not just men, but girls too. Meaning that that's how you form like good friendships too. You want to be around happy people who look confident and comfortable. So your husband now, when is his birthday? He's a Sagittarius. Oh, so interesting. So tell me everything because I don't really know. You guys are
0: a really good match, but you definitely challenge each other, which is what you said you wanted, Yes. which is great. So my dad is actually a Sagittarius. So- and he's the best. They're they're definitely very driven and motivated and like they're curious as well. They have that curiosity. And so it's it's definitely a good match. What what does he do, if you don't mind me? He's in real estate development. Okay, cool. And your last husband he was in finance. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. See, so like n- not that there's anything wrong with finance, but like all these girls are like I need a guy in finance, you know? It's not necessarily like
1: the end-all, be-all. There,
0: there's tons of careers.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, ultimately, you should look for someone who inspires you mm-hmm. to be your best self. Right. Um, someone, as I said, who challenges you intellectually. I mean, I think that's important. I hope it is for most yeah. you know, of your listeners. Um, someone who obviously treats you kindly. You know, don't do not undress. Make kindness. In fact, I yell Jessica all the time because I'm always like, you just hate guys who are nice to you. I'm like, stop going for like the dicks. Like, just enough. Like, it's just find someone who's nice. Like, yeah. it, that's like the most important thing. You so you have to be ready you for the
0: nice. Of course, nice guy, no, you know? I
1: agree. I agree. But find someone that is nice to you, but that doesn't become a doormat to you. So I think there's also, you know, the fine line. Like you, you don't want someone that is going to. I think if someone's like too nice Mm -hmm. in the sense of they don't have strong opinions and whatever, after a while, it's going to frustrate you. So it's like, it's about someone who is kind to you, but someone who has a lot of self-respect. And, you know, I think that's like the relationship I'm in now, like he's so sweet to me and so good to me, but I cannot walk all over him, which is good for me because like I said, in my twenties, I could be that person and really demanding and it brings out like the worst side of me. So it's interesting when I was getting divorced um, and I was talking to my husband, I said to him, I don't like who I am with you. And mm. think about that. Like if you're in a relationship and you're behaving in a way, like I was just, I, I didn't like how I spoke to him. I, was, I wasn't kind. If you think you're rude or entitled and like you have, you know, airs about you, it's like, that's, that's not a good way for you to be. Mm. And it wasn't, I wasn't proud of who I was in that relationship. And with my husband now, because I respect him so much, actually like who I am when I'm with him. It's a better side of me. So of course you take responsibility for how you behave in a relationship. But I do think people can bring out the best or the worst in you. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. So
0: let's talk about F Factor for a little bit. So when you, well, first of all, how old were you when you officially created X Factor? I'm sorry,
1: (laughs) F Factor. Oh my God. X Factor. (laughs) It's all good. Um, So I went to the University of Michigan undergrad Mm -hmm. and then I went on to NYU. So I started like my career in nutrition or my education nutrition, I guess, beginning at age like 21, 22. Mm. Um, By the time I graduated, I had none of the prereqs. So I had to fulfill those and then I went on to do my master's. So I would say like F factor and it wasn't called F-Factor at the time. It was like Tanya Zuckerbrat Nutrition, like my new lifestyle plan, like some ridiculous mm-hmm. title. Um, I believe like I guess that probably started when I was 25 or 26. So it's 20 years. I mean, I, I literally have been doing this my entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started out as a clinical dietitian. I opened up a private practice in my apartment, my studio in Mercy, And I started to see one patient at a time. And then um, I started to, work with doctor referrals, I moved to the Upper East Side and I was working with the referrals of cardiologists and endocrinologists. And my job was simply to create diet plans that were honoring the the medical treatment they were receiving. So if they were working with a cardiologist, they were trying to lower their cholesterol. If they were working with an endocrinologist, they were managing their diabetes. So the diet would enhance that care with the intent of getting them off of medications or reversing the condition or minimizing symptoms. So I was prescribing high-fiber diets. Now fiber has become so mainstream today, Mm -hmm. but 20 years ago, nobody knew anything about fiber. Like fiber was Metamucil, fiber was prunes. Like you ate fiber to poop, but Mm -hmm. because I had my master's, I knew that fiber could lower cholesterol and I also knew that fiber could uh, slow down gastric emptying. So I was was prescribing these high-fiber diets solely for the clinical benefits. And unbeknownst to me, all the fiber I was prescribing to lower cholesterol and manage blood sugar levels was resulting in keeping these patients feeling so full throughout the day, they were naturally eating less and they start to lose weight. And after three months of following my program, all these people were like shedding weight. And I started to get phone calls from these patients um, because since I was working in an outpatient setting, meaning they were going to work and family gatherings and social functions, that the people would see them be like, hey, like, Lindsay, what happened to you? Right. And you'd be like, oh, well, my." cardiologist made me go see this woman to lower my cholesterol and I'm down 20 pounds in three months. And the crazy thing is I'm dining out, I'm eating carbs, you know, I'm enjoying cocktails. So my phone started to ring saying, Hey, I'm friends with Lindsay. My cholesterol's fine. Can I get the weight loss part of what she did? Right. And that really was like the birth of F Factor, but it was still called like Tanya's like new lifestyle program. Mm-hmm. And then as my practice started to build, I started to attract some very high profile um, New York clients And one of these clients was out to lunch one day with one of her friends who was a literary agent. And her friend's like, you look amazing. What happened to you? And she said, oh, I've been working with this woman, Tanya. And she described me and the program. And her friend's like, do you think she'd want to write a book? She sounds like she would be a good author. Mm. So I met with her and that was the birth of the F Factor Diet. So I published the book and then you start to do a lot of television. And the practice and the brand started to grow from there. And now here we are in 2019, um, the book has sold over 100,000 copies. So amazing. And it's actually selling more now than when it was first published 15 mm-hmm. years ago because fiber has become so mainstream and the right. brand has grown. And this year we launched products. So now we have F-Factor powders you know, that have fiber and protein and F-Factor bars. And next year we are introducing so much new innovation, like even more products. So it's just so exciting. That's so
0: exciting. Yes. Obviously, F-Factor stands for fiber. Yeah, Factor. so
1: fiber is the sort of the cornerstone of the F-factor diet, where we're recommending fiber to fill you up. Fiber revs up your metabolism. Fiber binds with fat and calories and the other foods you're eating it with. Um, Fiber slows down gastric emptying. So you're eating something that's keeping you feeling full, that has no carbs, that has no calories, but it also has so many weight management properties, including revving up your metabolism, but ultimately it leaves your body. So it's also nature's detox. Right. And then on top of it, there are so many health benefits. It lowers cholesterol, it manages blood sugars, it repopulates the microflora in your gut, um, it reduces inflammation in the body, it can reduce the risk for colon and breast cancer. So there are so many commonplace diets or ways of losing weight. Mm-hmm. But most of them are not sustainable. They feel really punitive. They feel restrictive. You feel like you're compromising your social life or traveling for business or vacations. Um, and if you're not sustainable, then it's sort of illogical to think that the weight loss will be sustainable. So right. F-Factor is incredibly lifestyle-driven. Mm. You know, it's, it was designed for my... You know, high high high-profile New York clients that work hard and play hard, and didn't want to compromise their quality of life in order to change their life. Yeah, and I think that's why it's become so popular. For sure. So
0: for you, I mean, you obviously look amazing. Thank you. Was F Factor like I guess before it was F Factor a diet that you had been following like your whole life, or I feel like you, I like (laughs) I could be totally over speaking, but I feel like you have like naturally. A good figure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like a high metabolism.
1: I don't. I don't. Okay. I have the propensity to put weight on like that. Mm. When I moved in with my ex-husband and one of the things we did not have in common was I was interested in health. And I was interested in working out and he had no interest in either. Right. So that was also like a point of contention for us because for sure. I did work out a lot. Yeah. But I worked out so I wouldn't get fat. For me, right. working out was part of my weight management equation. So that's why I did it so often. And I tried to eat healthfully, but healthy back then was a low fat diet. Right. Like, the idea of prescribing high-fiber diets for me was because it was a clinical choice I was making for my patients. It wasn't something that I had adopted myself. Yeah. It was only after I saw the weight management properties of F-Factor did I adopt it myself. So I have used F-Factor for almost 20 years and it, it has made me this lean, but both my parents are overweight. So a mm. lot of people think that I'm like this naturally thin person who could eat whatever she wants. I wish. And we all know those girls who could eat whatever they want, when they want. And they look like amazing. And frankly, I'm really jealous of them. Or, you know, I, I admire it because it's definitely not me. Like I work really hard to look this way, meaning it's For a sure. choice. It's it's a mm-hmm. deliberate decision. The same way I was saying to you, I'm not that smart, but I study twice as hard as everyone else. Right, exactly. So what God didn't give me naturally doesn't mean I'm not going to get it on my own. Yeah. So I am this lean because I eat the F-factor way. The same way whenever I work out, I was like joke when I'm doing like glutes and squats. I'm like, what God didn't give me, I'm going to get. And I always do like the peach emoji because I would like a nice plump butt, but I I didn't get that naturally. Uh But just because someone struggles with their weight or their parents are overweight, lifestyle trumps genetics. Mm -hmm. It's why I love my work so much. I can help anyone get lean, anyone. Even if you tell me I have a sluggish metabolism, like, well, that's great news because fiber revs up metabolism. So I can fix that Mm -hmm. because weight loss is a formula. It's like math. One plus one equals two. Two minus one equals one. If you eat more calories and your body burns, you'll gain weight. If you eat fewer carbs than your body needs for energy, your body will burn fat for fuel and you'll yeah. lose weight, but not weight, fat. Like I always say I'm not in the weight loss business. I'm in the fat burning business. Right. Meaning I don't want you losing muscle. I don't want you losing water. I want you losing fat if that's mm-hmm. what you need to do. Right. So yeah, it's very scientific and very formulaic. what about your husband and your kids? Do they eat
0: the fiber diet or the, yeah. do they kind of do their own thing?
1: No, no, because it it's not a diet in the sense of like you're eating this weight right. to lose weight. It's about they health, they it's about that energy. lifestyle? It's our lifestyle. Yeah. The way like you'd be like, so Tanya, you're kosher. It's your family kosher. Yeah, we're all kosher. Right. It's right. not, my kids are not trying to lose weight and my husband's not trying to lose weight and I'm not trying to lose weight anymore. I eat the F-factor way to increase my chances for longevity, to improve my energy. I eat for the health benefits and I eat the F-factor way because it allows me to manage my weight without the struggle I see everyone else. Like everyone I know is on a diet. Everyone's always trying to lose weight. F-factor has allowed me to get to my ideal body weight and maintain it without Compromising my lifestyle without deprivation denial because of F factors three bite rule or mindful indulgence rule, I could eat pasta, I could have rice, like nothing's off limits. I can dine out anywhere, I can travel anywhere in the world. Like if you follow me on social, you see I travel a lot. It's like my favorite thing to do in the world. So this past year, I was in Morocco, I was in Mykonos, I was in Italy. You can eat the F factor weight in any country. Mm-hmm. So it's not a diet for weight loss, although you can lose weight on it. It's an approach to wellness. Yeah.
0: And what would you say to someone, like how would someone, let's say, who is like living in the middle of nowhere who doesn't have like $2 to put together, how can they follow the diet? Like if they're just listening now and they're like, okay, I want to do this. Like what are
1: two things that they should be eating? There's actually no barrier of entry from Mm -hmm. like from an economic standpoint because Mm -hmm. the book is $15. Right. But don't do F Factor without reading the book. On social, my hashtag is smart girls eat fiber because I want people to be educated because through education comes reform. I don't want to dictate to you eat this and not that and you don't understand the why. If you understand the why, Mm -hmm. you'll adopt this way of eating because any other way becomes illogical to you. So you get the book. You follow me on social, which is free. You follow F-Factor on social, that's free too. So your point of entry is $15. And mm-hmm. then if you have a few more dollars to spend, you can purchase the products, but you don't need to. And, and I really take a lot of pride in that. These, these products, the F-Factor protein powders, they're fiber and protein, 20 grams of fiber, 20 grams of protein. They're all natural. They're gluten-free. You can make smoothies, waffles, pancakes, foods that you could never dream you could eat you know, when you're trying to be healthy, you can get those products or you can get the F-Factor bars. Um, and those are a few dollars each. So right. that that can enhance your experience. But if not, you can get fiber from fruits and vegetables and whole grains and many other whole foods. So mm-hmm. it's a really simple approach. It's a really healthy approach. And no matter where you live and no matter what your socioeconomic status is, we we welcome everyone.
0: So let's say you're following F-Factor and you are living that lifestyle and you're on a first date. Yeah and the person's like, let's order dinner. Sure. How, like, I'm I'm sure once I read the book, I'll understand, you know, what to do in this situation. But let's say that I was on a first date and someone, you know, there was a menu and it was like burgers and,
1: you know, whatever. Like, how would I know what to get? And... I mean, once you understand the premise, you mm-hmm. realize it's just a combination of fiber and protein. Right. So we say fiber and protein, every meal makes losing weight, no big deal. Right, so I would get so a burger there's, without there's, the bond. There's not a restaurant in the world that you could mm-hmm. not order the F-Factor way. Japanese, Chinese, Italian, Greek, we get we have Perfect. pages of this yeah. in the book. Unless the guy, it was his own restaurant. He was a chef and like bringing things yeah. out to the table. You know, you have autonomy, so you you can order for yourself. You right. can share a few things. And F factor also allows for mindful indulgences and three bite rules. Maybe right. say, look, you make a first impression once. So if you feel uncomfortable ordering in a, in a way that he may think like, you know, you're too healthy. Right. Okay, then just, you know, eat whatever you want that night. But ultimately, I always say like, no one should ever have shame in honoring themselves. For sure. If you were kosher, if you were vegan, would you eat a burger just to make him feel comfortable? Yeah, no. Like you wouldn't. Why would you compromise your values? First of all, you're not even like, you're dating and you're not even being truthful with who you are. So yeah. if you're someone that wants to be a healthy person, this way of eating makes you feel good, then... You know, as I said, like, just be yourself. But the beauty is you go out for dinner. You could start with a salad. You could start with any—you could start with a tuna tartare. I mean, there are just so many options. Like, the one thing I'll tell you, I never, ever, ever feel limited on Mm F-Factor. And I eat out a lot. So, you know, I'm a foodie. So, you just—you would never have to worry. And the best part of F-Factor is you can drink alcohol from day one. So, imagine, like, you're on some other diet and you're on a date or someone's meet you for cocktails and you're getting, like, a club soda. Either he's going to think, like, you're— sober. You know, that's a whole different conversation. Like, did this mm-hmm. person have a problem in the past? Or like, you know, is she on a diet? Like, is she restrictive? Right. You can have a cocktail from day one. Like, you don't have to overexplain yourself. So mm-hmm. you just show up. Mm-hmm. I would say no one needs to know that you eat the effect away unless you tell them. Yeah. Because you're ordering off the menu. It's not like sauce on the side or spoiled. It's steamed. It's You order right off the menu.
0: Yeah. It's so it's so funny because I was at Sedels the other day Yeah. having brunch and a girl sitting at the table next to me reaches into her bag like during during the meal and she takes out these Gigi crackers. Yeah. And she starts like, you know, all of her friends are having bagels and she's like having the
1: crackers. And and I think that's that's a big fiber thing, right? It is. Um, And a lot of people do that. And like I said, do you. You That's how you want to get your fiber. You know, so I totally respect that decision. If you are trying to lose weight and a bagel is the equivalent of seven slices of bread and that's not going to serve you, but you don't want to compromise your social life and everyone's going. So yeah, yeah. do you there, you know? Right. Um, on the other hand, if you want to go to Sedell's and you want to make that a mindful indulgence, then the rest of the day can be a factor. So mm-hmm. it really depends on where you are, like on your weight management journey. In you know, so if she was my client and that's how she wanted to do step one, I'm like, totally get that. But you also don't need to be that person. I always right. say like, you know, the crackers are a great source of fiber, but eat them at breakfast at home or eat them in the afternoon. I want my clients when they go out, as I said, that no one should need to know, you know, there's, there's ways of ordering that would cover you. But I applaud that person for not giving a shit about what people (laughs) think about it. You know, it's like, do you?
0: Yeah, it was amazing. So before we end, so we do these poll questions on our Instagram. I don't know if you've heard about them but maybe some of the girls in your office have taken them before. But we do these questions and I wonder what your take is on a few of them. Would you rather your partner be difficult to deal with, but fiercely loyal or easygoing, but a big flirt?
1: Oh my God. I hate both those people. I don't (laughs) want to be married to either of them. They're both so bad. I know. Terrible. Yeah. I I don't know. I I would feel when you love someone so much, uh-huh. the idea of them dishonoring you and flirting with other women would destroy me. Yeah, me I would too. Just, I could not handle I it. I would disrespect. choose a difficult person. I guess. But like, I hear you. I would choose yeah. a difficult person. But girls, don't choose someone difficult. It's like, find someone less difficult because <laughs> yeah. life is so long. Yeah. But it's, of course, I guess difficult and loyal. Right, right. But that's still like really... Right. I don't want to be married to him either. I want someone who's easy. Yeah. Okay. You've been dating...
0: For a year and you're starting to have some doubts about the relationship, although there's no real issue, quote unquote, is it worth ending it or trying to
1: work through it and see if the doubts go away? Definitely work through it. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing like if he hasn't cheated on you or lied to you, you know, or done something that is like just goes against your values. It's just I mean, a year's a long time. It's like you've been there a year, like you've invested a lot. So I would say like, see it out, like mm-hmm. either figure out what's missing but if it's not right, then yeah, pivot. I always say like life's short. Give it a hundred percent. Right. But if it's not working out, you deserve you just, you just deserve to have a joyful life. You got to pivot. Yeah, it's true. And it's better for him too. You know, like when you're not into someone, they know it. Mm-hmm.
0: How long would you say you should try to work through a relationship before calling it quits? The options here are two to four months or five to seven months. I guess this is pre Two to four months.
1: Mm-hmm. You'll know. Mm -hmm. That's why that person who's been there a year. It's like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Two to four months. You know, you guys, you just know. And what do you think the best
0: night of the week is for a first date? Like Monday to Wednesday or Thursday to Saturday?
1: Monday to Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: Great rapid fire. So Tanya, do you have a quote you can leave us with when it comes to either life or dating or something that just means a lot to you?
1: Yeah, so I said it a little bit earlier, but they'll probably put this on my tombstone so it's worth repeating (sighs) again. And you can apply it to any aspect of your life. Don't settle for mediocrity where greatness can exist. Mm. You go through life once. Don't settle for mediocrity in the guy you're dating. Certainly not the guy you're going to marry. Don't settle for mediocrity in your health, in your weight in your friendships, or in your career. If it doesn't feel good, work on it. So I definitely believe, as you said, work on it. Mm-hmm. If you're unhappy at work, go speak to your supervisor. See if it can get better. If you're unhappy with your boyfriend, speak to him about it. See if it can get better. If you're married, go see a marriage counselor. If you're unhappy with your weight, you know, go see a dietitian. But if it gets to a place with whatever you're doing, it just simply is not working and you're chronically unhappy, you've got to pivot. Mm-hmm. So life is too short to suffer I always say like, you know, anything in life worth having comes with sacrifice and hard work and discipline, consistency, but suffering, it's not the point of life. So just don't settle, you know, know your worth and, you know, live the best life that you can.
0: Thank you so much. Tanya, where can oh. everyone find you and what's your website? How do they
1: order your book? Sure. Thank you. Um, well, you can find me um, personally, you can find me on Instagram, which is at Tanya Zuckerbrot. And to learn more about F Factor, you can follow them on Insta, which is at F underscore factor, or you can visit us at ffactor.com dot com and where you can find the books and the products and more information about F Factor.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Write us a review in the iTunes app store or um, follow us on Instagram at WeMetAtAcme at Acme and go to WeMetAtAcme.com at for more information. Thank you.